you know why we have donuts, don't you? Why? For two reasons. One particular person brings them every week that he's here. If he's here. And the other one is, that's holy food. <laughs> okay, uh, so much for my jokes. Moving right along. <laughs> Good to see you this morning. Hey, summer's on its way, huh? Yeah. It'll be official in um, a few a more days. While. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's here, but it, anyway, it's going to be all the way here officially pretty yeah. soon. So glad you're here today. Uh, it's going to be a great day. Started off that way, right? I feel Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to make sure that, uh, mention a couple of things real quick. The... Wednesday night meeting, it's 7 o'clock, you know, and 6.45 for snacks. The awe of God, we're wrapping it up uh, this particular week. And so uh, you're invited if you've never been to one yet. Amen. I mean, Louise even got Byron out, you know. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> you know. So uh, anyway, we invite you to uh, join us with that. Also, the following Wednesday will be a special meeting one time. It's not going to be a series like we normally do but you will really enjoy seeing what we're going to show that week. It's uh, some shots of the Hubble telescope going out into the depths of space. And it's a, it's a wonderful film. And you know, it's something like, too, if you want to bring some young people, that's great because young people means anybody below 60. Uh, you, can, you can bring them, too, because it's a great educational experience. And it kind of goes along with the awe of God because when you watch this, it's going to go, oh. Uh, if you haven't seen something like that before, uh, they take one, just they put it on one place in space the size of a grain of rice, and they go in, 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 further and further and further and further on out. It, it is really something to see, praise God. And then we're going to have some, uh, I'm not going to do that one, that was Kelly's, okay. Um, oh, yeah, testimonies. We want to try to do a quality testimony every week. Bless you. And part of that is that uh, we want to know in a, ahead of time. So we already have one set up for next week. We had one last week. And so if it's something to do uh, as an extension of what you're doing it tomorrow, that's great. If it's something to do with your personal life or something you've experienced, that's great. Uh, if you want to go back and share your Pentecostal experience or your Baptist experience or your Baptocostal experience about the church mouse getting saved, forget it, okay? We're not going there. But just a couple of minutes to be able to share what God is doing in your life today, and, and we want to make sure we take opportune time for that. So uh, we, as, as they come up, see Reverend Brad back there in the booth, and uh, he's going to screen us, okay? So if he says, that sounds like a really good thing, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll consider it. Yeah. That means probably not, okay? Uh, but if he says, hey, I think that's something, he always puts everything back on me, so, you know, it'll be me, it's not him, he's just doing what I've asked him to do, but uh, that's, that's the way it goes. So be watching the moves of God yeah. in your week, Amen. and uh, we want you to share them with us, yes. and uh, that's really what it's all about, Praise God. that God does those things. I had a, 
a pretty good meeting yesterday with a young man, 16 years old, been to a camp, and he's learning about apologetics and things, and he wanted to pick on me and uh, try some of his stuff, and we had a great time together. And it's, it's really amazing when you uh, just kind of open up and talk, start talking to people how much they talk to you about Jesus. Yes. And first row's down here laughing. What's going on down here? Uh, <laughs> Carol, would you, would you help these people? Over here? <laughs> uh, um, it's okay to have fun in church. Yes. Okay. Jesus died that you may have joy. Yes. And joy is not happiness. Happiness is, oh, it makes me happy somebody gave yeah. me 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. No, joy is there no matter what. It's the yeah. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Thank you. Amen. Okay, today, uh, oh yeah, one more thing. Next week is Father's Day. So guys, I heard a rumor that each father or grandfather gets $1,000 or something. But I want to let you know that's a rumor. Okay. And so I think they had the decimal place in the wrong place. So we may be passing out pennies. You know, the, that one guy that found a million pennies uh, in his, yeah. uh, what was it, his father's house or father, grandfather, somebody, anyway, somebody's house yeah. that he has. One million pennies. Sounds like a lot of money, but in 10,000 is not bad. But yeah, it's not. Uh, anyway, moving right along, we want to do that next week. We have some special things planned. Uh, so uh, bring, bring uh, your fathers or... Bring a bunch of fathers. Yes. It's okay, whatever, okay? Yeah. So we want to celebrate that. Father, in the name of Jesus, yes. we thank you for this day you've given us to glorify you, to praise yes. you, to honor you, to reflect upon you and the things that you have done, the things that you are doing, and the things that we know you're going to do. Thank you for opening our understanding, our eyes to see, and our ears to hear. Yes. Holy Spirit, please take over in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Kelly, for already starting on that. Praise God. Praise God. Well, how to restore a backslid America. That's what we're talking about this morning. Yeah. How to restore a backslid America. How, why are we calling America backslide, back, backslid? Backslide, backslid, backsliding. All the above. Well, the main reason is because our country's backslid, <laughs> and it's backsliding further, and we need to turn it around, make a U-turn on what's going on. As a country, we suffer from many unknown facts. I should say factors. Got to put ORS on that. Many factors: financial uncertainty, financial uncertainty, economic inconsistencies. Open borders taking no thought for what's happening there. Lawlessness in the streets. Uh, Law enforcement in some counties and states is totally impotent. People all around us who live in drug stupors medicate their anxieties and their depressions. They are woke to the max. They depended on government to do everything for them. Uh, people who do not know which gender they are. Others who attempt to promote gender dysphoria or confusion, whatever you want to call it, to little kids. People in America have left Christianity for 
First of all, religion. Cults. Uh, spiritual understanding. All of those things that would take away from, detract from the cross of Jesus Christ. Gradualization has taken place in the country, in the body of Christ. Complacency. All of these are factors that are working against what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do, what he's trying to do, and what he will do. All in all, people now want their freedom to sin and the blessings of God at the same time. Those two are incompatible. We don't do it, we don't get the blessings of God because of works, but we work because of the blessings of God, because of the grace of God, because of the love of God. We work. So they want money without work, they want a health without promoting anything but a healthy lifestyle. Children are a trophy, only when it's convenient. Sexual partners without making a covenant with them, as well as many other considerations that we won't go into today. And somebody said, praise God. Praise God. A recent article about the American economy by John F. Coogan and Kevin Walsh from the Hoover Institute stated the following. Major pillar, pillars of U.S. society, government, business, other private organizations are failing to deliver on realistic expectations of the, center, the citizenry. Americans are losing faith in institutions of all sorts, making our common creed harder to sustain and economic progress more difficult to achieve. I think the same statement could be used in a multitude of other aspects in our country. Another person said that we're actually on a hinge right now, time-wise. Well, I guess Israel did some of this. Judah. We're going to read in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. I'm not going to speak a lot about these particular verses because they speak for themselves very well. But I think it's something that we need to make sure that we are aware of, that everything is just not happy-clappy all the time throughout the centuries. Jeremiah 2.13, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Is Israel a servant, a slave by birth? Why then has he become plunder? Lions have roared. They have growled at him. They have laid waste his land. His towns are burned <clears throat> and deserted. Also the men of Memphis and Tephanes have cracked your skull. Pretty close tie into what's been happening in America the last several years. Verse 17, have you not brought this on yourselves by forsaking the Lord your God when he led you in the way? Now you go to Egypt to drink water from the Nile and you go to Assyria to drink water from the Euphrates. Your wickedness will punish you. Your backsliding will rebuke you. Consider then and realize how evil and bitter it is for you when you forsake the Lord your God and have no awe of me, wow. declares the Lord, the Almighty. Long ago, you broke off your neck. Excuse me. 
Long ago, you broke off your yoke and tore off your bonds. You said, I will not serve you. Indeed, on every hill and under every spreading tree, you lay down as a prostitute. I had planted you like a choice vine of sound and reliable stock. How then did you turn against me and corrupt wild vine? Although you wash yourself with soap and use an abundance of cleansing powder, the stain of your guilt is still before me, declares the sovereign Lord. How can you say I'm not defiled? I have not run after the bales. See how you behaved in the valley. Consider what you've done. You are a swift she-camel running here and there, a wild donkey accustomed to the, the desert, sniffing the wind in her craving. In her heart, who can restrain her? All males that pursued her need not tire themselves. At mating time, they will find her. Do not run until your feet are bare. See, reading this section of Scripture, as well as others, we're discovering that we're not any better than Israel was. We fall into the same rut. You know what a rut is, right? It's a grave with both ends knocked out. Okay, so we're no different, but why are we talking about this? Actually, we are different. And here is the difference. Second Corinthians 5.11 Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade people what we are is plain to God, and I hope it's also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we're out of our mind, some say, <laughs> ever call, see a Christian called out of their mind? It's for God. If we're out, if we are in our right mind, it's for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that no one died. We are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. If he died for all, then all died. The sin nature of Adam has fallen upon every person that has been born from Adam, which is everybody. Verse 15, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Well, that clears a lot off the table that we live for him, not for me. My car, my house, my clothes, my turn. I want to play with that. That's my toy. Verse 16, so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Worldly point of view is how the world sees things. And we know what the result of that is. Because <laughs> we're looking at it right now if we dance around the world some. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Now, reading scripture that is familiar 
because the next few verses, we, we speak of them a lot. And this is the difference between us and the difference between the people of Israel. We're after the cross. We're after the devil's been defeated. We're after the resurrection of Jesus Christ that gives us eternal life when we put our trust on him, in him. We are chosen people because of the grace of God and faith in him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, we're stopping to see what that word is there for. If anyone is in Christ, anyone is in Christ, anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new's here. Here now. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. A lot of things here. We put, we're saved by grace through faith. Faith and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did. On the cross, he made the great exchange with us. We gave him our unrighteousness. Took it all. And he imputed righteousness, his righteousness to us. The great exchange. And that's activated and comes true for you as an individual person when you Ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. This is the greatest story ever told. That although all of us have sinned, all of us have stolen something, all of us have lied about something, all of us have had lust in our hearts about somebody or something, all of us have done those things. We broke the law, broke the law, broke the law. Maybe you are real spiritual and hadn't broken it in the last 10 minutes. But we break the law. And God took our place for the punishment. He's a just God, so he must punish unrighteousness. If he didn't, he wouldn't be just. He wouldn't be holy. This is one problem with Islam. They say that Allah just forgives. Well, he's not righteous. He's not holy then. Because you can't just forgive unless somebody is bearing the punishment. And the only person that could ever bore the punishment for all of us is the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's perfect. He was born of a virgin. That's essential. He didn't have the blood of Adam flowing through his veins. He got a, he's a, the Bible calls him the second Adam or the last Adam. It's another chance that God gave us. And Jesus had to do it. He had to walk without sin in his life for the full time he was here on earth. And he did. I'm here to tell you today that he was sinless. And he took his sinlessness, his righteousness to the cross for the punishment to be put on us. He who knew no sin, we're going to read in just a minute, became sin. That means we had the opportunity to receive his righteousness by making him the Lord of our lives and to be born again after we've done all the things that we've done and deserve nothing but hell. Eternally. Make no mistake, it's heaven or hell. Make no mistake, it's eternity someplace, with or without God. If you don't want to be with God, He's not going to make you. You can go live without Him, and we could get into all kinds of depictions about hell, and I'll just say this. Hell's a place where God isn't. 
His presence is not there. And as a result, everything that's evil is sitting there regurgitating itself on and on and on and on and on. But the good news is by putting your trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then you have an eternity to live with him forever and ever and ever and ever and then ever. When we're born again, saved, made right, then we have received the grace of God, the gift of God of eternal life, because we believe in Him, we don't believe in our own good works. If we believe in our own good works, then we're hurting for certain. That's it. All this is from God, verse 18, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. The word ministry in the Greek literally means serving. Deacon is another word that's translated from that same Greek word. In other words, we are supposed to serve reconciliation to the world. Okay, so we're talking about how do we fix the backsliding world, the backsliding country, it's the church's responsibility to reconcile them to God. Uh, in a figurative speaking, uh, take the hand of God and the hand of a person, join them together. Verse 19, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. That's our message. Come to Jesus. We are therefore Christ ambassadors. What's an ambassador to do? He represents his home country in another place. Our home country, so to speak, is heaven. Amen. And we're representing heaven in this country called America or wherever we are. We're therefore Christ ambassadors as though God was making his appeal through us. Yeah. We implore you on Christ's behalf Paul talking to the church, be reconciled to God because there's lost people in the congregations and he wanted to make sure that they understood it was necessary that they come into the kingdom. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah. <sighs> and people want to talk about Positive motivation, that's fine. Yeah. Most positive motivation in the world is to get saved. Yeah. Most positive motivation in the world is he'll change you. Mm -hmm. Every one of you is a jerk at one time. <laughs> I had a double anointing for that. It's called BC, before Christ. You better not be smiling too much there. Reverend Byrd. Look at Chris, man. He's, he's blushing, I think. <laughs> it's true. Remember just enough about your past before Jesus that you'll praise God for your new, per your new person, the new creation, for his hand being upon your life, 
and for his arms being around you and carrying you, for his yoke to be easy, his burden light. Oh my goodness, this is good stuff. I go back to the cross on a daily basis to glorify Jesus, to praise him, just to thank him for all that he's done. This good-looking guy on the front row is not Kelly, but Max, my grandson, I always pick on, you know, people, as you well know. He came to save Max. You were baptized, what, two years ago? Three years ago? Huh? 2018, my gosh, that was five years ago. <laughs> he got it early. That's the way it's supposed to happen. Yeah. Don't go through all the stuff. Yeah. But some of us went through all the stuff and God still loved us. Yeah. Look at Paul. Yeah. Anytime anybody says, well, you just don't know what all I've done, we'll say, well, look at the Apostle Paul, the guy that wrote more books in the New Testament than anybody, more books in the Bible than anybody. He was a murderer. He was killing Christians. <laughs> Can you believe it? Talk about a conversion experience. I tell you what, I murdered in my heart because yeah. I hated some people and I was going to get revenge. Yeah. Then I found out I couldn't. Because God said, if I, if, if I don't forgive them, he won't forgive me. And I go, well, that takes the whole thing fun out of it. You know? I got to love everybody. Excuse me, I get to love everybody. The easy ones and the not so easy ones. Because that's Jesus. We read that he compels us. He compels us to love. That, another word for that is constrains. He constrains us. He he, if you're walking by the Spirit of God, then you're going to be put in a direction that's going to take you to people with love to share the truth with them. It's going to take you about, instead of saying, you're going to say, oh, okay. That's one thing I like about Max. He, he's cool, man. I mean, he's cool. You can tell looking at him, he's cool. But, but he, he doesn't get riled. I'm sure he does, but he just never does in front of me. But uh, seriously, he's cool. That's a meek spirit that God put in him to be that way. I had to work through anger and rage and all that stuff. Uh, it's called an iniquity. Yeah, I got it in conception. My dad was a great guy, but man, he sure could turn red fast. I never will forget that crescent wrench flying across the garage. i just thankful I wasn't there on the other end of it. Yep. And it wasn't me, by the way, that caused it. It was something a lot different. Called a broke down lawnmower. Yep. <laughs> but he loved me. And he gave me a way to uh, be different. That's what I'm grateful for. In the midst of what this world is doing and what's going around in the world today, we can and do remain in our Father's arms. Sweet Jesus. Yeah. James 1. 
You know, there's a lot of wisdom in James. It's the New Testament proverb, so to speak. James 1.12, blessed are those who persevere under trial. Because when they have stood the test, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. The church that I found in uh, Granbury, Texas, we called it crown of life. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Many of you have heard, like I have, I don't know how many times. Well, God said he wouldn't put more oil on me than I could stand. That's not in the Bible. The Bible says that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you can withstand. And with every temptation, there's a door that has a flashing exit light above it. You don't have to go through it. Make your decision today so when you're tempted tomorrow, you won't do it. Verse 14, but each of you is tempted when you're dragged away by your own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Somebody ought to say, oh me. I'm with you. Oh me. Verse 16, don't be deceived. My dear brothers and sisters, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be of a kind, we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. He made us different. We have something Israel didn't have. We don't have an excuse. What we have is a failure to worship and follow God. To let Him empower us, His grace empowering us to be that which we cannot be any other way. To soak in the Word of God, to ponder it, to meditate on the Word, not on whatever show's on or whatever book or whatever. The Word of God is life. And we want to partake of life. By the way, how many of you saw the new banner this morning? Anybody? One person, two persons, three, two and a half? I did the second time. We're going to pass out some little cards when you leave today. has one word on the front of it, fidelity. It's got tomorrow's information on the back. We want you to take these cards this week and pass them out this week. We've got five million of them. Don't give anybody more than one. We've got about 500, I think. Is that right? Yeah, 500. We want to get them passed out this week. So everybody needs to give out about 15. Um, you can just give them to people. You don't have to preach to them. You don't have to, you know, give them $10 tip if it just is 
supposed to give a $4 tip or whatever it is at the lunch counter. I need to pass these out. It's got one word, fidelity. That's all, fidelity. And then tomorrow on the back, church of tomorrow where the word and the spirit meet at the cross. 6800 North Bryan Avenue, zip code and phone number and Sundays 10 a.m., study groups Wednesday, 645. This is an easy tool to share with people just to get our name in front of people that they at least have a place they can go, hear the word of God, be welcome and loved regardless of what their beliefs are, what their hang-ups are. Tell them if they ask you that we got a church full of sinners. Well, you're telling them the truth. Is that right, Reverend Kelly? Yeah. I thought so. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Oh, praise God. I, that song just keeps coming back to me, doesn't it? Fidelity. Let that word soak in your understanding. So what's the deal? I'm glad you asked. This is what I see as a potential movement for the body of Christ in America today. To expound truth in a non-threatening way to the people, but hopefully in a devastating threat to the prince of darkness. Yes. This may be the door opener you know, I, I encourage people. My job is to equip you. Kelly's job is to equip you that you do the work of the ministry. You come to church tomorrow, there is no laity. Everybody's in the clergy here. Okay. You got it. This is yes. Mm -hmm. We know what we don't do this, okay? <laughs> this is yes. Everybody's in clergy here. Everybody's a minister of reconciliation. We just read right. it. Okay, everybody's an ambassador for Christ Jesus. I want to equip you with 500 cars this week and challenge you to get them all put out. And I don't mean just throw them up in the air or put them in somebody's mailbox. Just hand them to somebody. If you're going out to eat, put it in the, with, with your tip. And don't tip 4%. Exactly. Okay? Be a blessing. Yeah. The generous soul shall be made fat, yeah. which is a type of the anointing. Okay, here's the deal. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about this word fidelity. We're making it easy for you to be able to start conversations or just to let people know, I'm a Christian. Yeah. I, 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 I'm a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> what? Ah, I'm a Christian! <laughs> Never fails. <laughs> it's a tool. Next week, we're passing out another tool, so we've got to have these 500 gone. Okay? We're going to pass out a different one, something else. This is a national attempt for the body of Christ to be able to counter some of the stuff that's going on in the world today. Rather than sit there and gripe and raise cane about everybody that's sinning, we're trying to give them truth. We love them. 
They're sinners. You were once a sinner and lost in your trespasses, going to hell. And somebody gave you a word and planted a word in your heart. And somebody else came by and watered it. And God gave the increase. And you became a child of the living God. That's what happened to you, praise God. That's what happened to me. From darkness to light. You're shining in the light, right, Vanessa? You're shining in the light. God's got her planted someplace. He's shining in the light. Chris, you're shining in the light. You cut my hair. All you do is give me word. My gosh, she's like a rolling King Jimmy. That's good fellowship. My gosh. That's what life is all about. We're not talking about life. Bios life is a Greek word that says, I'm cool. I'm a self-made man. Well, you sure do stink then. <laughs> All right, suke is the soul. Nah, we don't want that either. We want the Zoe, life of God, the life of Jesus Christ, the eternal life, the abundant life, the life which cannot diminish, cannot shrink. It puts out darkness. It takes authority over the enemy and over sickness and poverty and all the things that the enemy's tried to put in your life so that you have the abundance of Jesus Christ. You have the fruit of the Spirit which no billionaire can buy. Love, joy, peace. You can't buy that. It's free. Cost you one thing. Your life. You got to give it to Jesus. I came to the point one day in my life where I told somebody, I said, you know, if there was no eternity, if all you do is die and go to the grave, I would still become a Christian because this is the best thing I've ever seen. And I meant that. But there is an eternal life. And it is important that we enter into eternal life now because the Bible says we do when we're born again. We accept Christ now. Praise God. This is uh, <clears throat> part of this is a, what's called a public discourse, which is... Uh, a production from the Witherspoon Institute, and they've they're they're taking this fidelity, and they had three days. Each day they shared something, one phase of fidelity. First of all, and this is the important one. If you don't get this, you'll miss everything else today. An article by Andrew Walker. I've just kind of summarized it. It's fidelity to God, our highest good. Fidelity to God. As we begin this inaugural Fidelity Month, and that's the whole idea, we recommit and rededicate ourselves to God. You were made to know God. He's your ultimate happiness. Knowing God is not a rejection of creaturely good. It is a vantage point that allows us to enjoy creaturely good as intended from the beginning, Eden, we sang it this morning. Knowing God quenches our deepest desires to know the glorious and to be known by the glorious. Fidelity derives from the Latin word fides, meaning faith or trust. 
The word implies strict and continuing faithfulness to an obligation, trust, or duty, according to Merriam-Webster. I'm going to read that again. Fidelity derives from the Latin word fides, meaning faith or trust. The word implies strict and continuing faithfulness to an obligation, trust, or duty. You know, God has a duty to us by choice, just like we have a duty to Him by choice. This is a love machine. It's not conscription. As we come to know God and conform ourselves to His divine plan, which is better than ours ever was, fullness of being comes into view. Scripture deems the knowledge of God as a replendent good that colors every other experience of our humanity. It excise or trivialize the most important foundation of a person's existence, their relationship to God. And it's to be expected that humanity's sense of balance and purpose would be torn asunder. You know, Acts 28, 17, 28 says, In Him we live and move and have our being. For quite clearly the mighty gifts with which we are endowed are hardly from ourselves. Indeed, our very being shares in God's own being. This is the dilemma of modern man who craftily detects facts but cannot muster objective values without reference to the infinite. infinite. In other words, modern man brings all these thoughts and ideas and plans but values can only be attained from what God has given us. I love the moral argument for God because it, it, to me it's, it's easy to prove. And it just proves that God has put in man's heart a moral compass. Everybody knows that it's immoral to traumatize a three-year-old. Everybody knows that it's wrong to steal from what somebody else has, your neighbor or somebody. If they didn't know it was wrong, they wouldn't hide the act and try to bring deception out of it. No matter what the cultural situation is, what kind of community, where they're at, what year, you know, 2,000 years ago or 200 years ago or two days ago. People have a moral compass. But I can't compare my morality with yours without comparing it to a higher standard, which is the Lord. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So how do we know, you know, somebody says, well, you know, people get their hearts seared and, and they get their conscience seared and they, they get into this thing where they get evil. The devil comes in and they listen to his voice and they respond to the evil one. Who's to say who is correct, Mother Teresa or Adolf Hitler? See, if you believe in Mother Teresa and her acts, they were kind and gracious and loving and caring. You believe in Adolf Hitler and you believe that he was the same, we've got a higher standard to know which one is correct. Because you say, well, Hitler did all these good things. Or Stalin did all these good things. Or Marx did all these good... No, 
compare him to the standard that God has given us. His standard is objective. It doesn't change. He says, I change not. That's about as simple as you can get it. So it's objective. It never changes. Jesus Christ is saying, yesterday, today, and forever and ever. Okay? So he's a higher standard that we, ha we have available to give us instruction and help and to be able to have community and share the different things that we may have a little opposition about. God is the one that establishes people to be pro-life, for instance. That's God's best. Abortion is not God's best. He abhors it. Okay? So you can't tell me that it's good to abort a baby because you think that you may not be able to have enough money to raise them. There's so many thousands of testimonies. You know, Tim Tebow, the athlete, the uh, football player turned baseball player. Do you know people don't like him because he talks about Jesus? They call it hate speech. And he comes across in a very nice demeanor. He doesn't come across cross is vindictive or mean but because he's telling them the truth they call it hate speech do you know Tim Tebow's mother was prompted by her doctor to abort him he was supposed to be aborted according to the doctor his mother said no no she spoke truth she spoke the will of God. And God took care of Tim Tebow. <laughs> oh, I can't do it. Uh, took care of him and uses him as an ambassador to Christ Jesus. And he shares that. And many, 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 many others. I read a story the other day about somebody who was born without arms or legs. Wow. I can't imagine. And you know what? He does very well in life. I saw another one. We, uh, Doc, some of you know Doc. He's one of our board members. He told me about a movie that we need to show on Father's Day. Well, we're not going to do it on Father's Day, but we're going to make it available to you. It's about fathers. And it is out of the park great. I don't know how many times I cried. I'm just an old softy when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The testimonies. The dad who was diagnosed in his 40s with MS and how he went into depression and then how the Lord pulled him out of that and how I just goes on and on and on and on about how great it is. A couple that was told by God to adopt a little girl and how they went through that process and adopted a, a Chinese two-year-old. Wonderful stories. They're all over the place. Yeah. Some of them are hidden, but they're there. Mm -hmm. God's all about life. Yes, yes. Jesus has come that we may have life, life and have it more abundantly. Okay, more abundantly. That's the Zoe life, the life yes. of God. Yeah. Praise Jesus. Yeah. 
Psalms 103, we don't have a, I won't be on the board, declares, know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Yeah. Look at your neighbor and go, bah. This indicative is followed by an imperative. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. The imperative is followed by an enveloping promise. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations, Psalms 105. As we know God is our creator and praise him, we exult in his promised love and goodness to us. Thomas Sowell, how many of you are familiar with him? Okay, you should be. I think he's 92, yeah. something like okay. Brilliant, brilliant man. The ways in which individuals can understand their place in the cosmos are a binary between accepting the forgiveness of an escapable moral order, one bound by truth, order, obligation, the other of endless elasticity, wandering, and subjectively. Did you get that one? I'm going to go to it again. The ways in which individuals can understand their place in the cosmos are a binary, one of two things, between accepting the forgiveness of an inescapable moral order, one bound by truth, order, and obligation. That's the Lord, of course. The other of endless elasticity, wandering, and subjectivity. Two plus two is three. Two plus two is five. No, two plus two is six. No, God says two plus two is four. Case settled. Well, it's really five, isn't it? No. Psalms 119.45, And I walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. Here the psalmist affixes flourishing to a sense of limitation and obligation grounded ultimately in friendship with God. Are you a friend of God? Friend of God. Mm. Friends are people that talk to each other all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Communicate. Now more than ever, we must assert the, inf that infidelity to God in what plagues Western man and that what stands at his greatest need is fidelity in right relationship with him. Christian anthropology and its emphasis on the human person bearing God's image forever changed the equation for the significance of the individual. The human became definitely suffused with moral meaning. In other words, God has created us in his own image and he has given us morality written on our hearts. And when we activate that by being born again, a new spirit creation that did not exist before, inside, then what we're doing is taking advantage of what God has offered us, eternal life through Jesus Christ. We must know God to know our relationship to our family, to our community, and our nation. Nothing made, including the virtues of political community, can be fully understood apart from their ultimate foundation in God. Individuals need God, so do the nations. In other words, Jesus is the cornerstone to community, to nations, 
to the church, of course, to you individually, of course. He's the cornerstone to all of that. He's the plumb line to check everything out with. That's Jesus Christ. He died and rose again to be able to give us this opportunity. I will cut the quotation short here for the only time's sake, but it goes back to the message that John the Baptist preached at first. And then Jesus came right along a few months later and preached the same message, starting out, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, change your thinking, reconsider, think differently. That's what it means. You got to think different to walk in the kingdom of things. Renew your mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2. We have an opportunity to walk in the greatness and the fullness of what Jesus Christ has paid for us. The, the choice is ours individually. It's ours as families, as community, as this church, as the church in Oklahoma City, in Oklahoma, in the U.S., and in the world. There's a bigger circle than what you are with your little self in the middle of it. The first pillar to fidelity is with God. Fidelity to God, fidelity with God. The second one is fidelity to marriage. Communities, countries, regions, whatever, they must have good marriages in order to flourish and sustain. The family unit is critical to that. Without a good family cohesiveness, we won't have it. That's a big issue in America today. The second pillar is fidelity to marriage. Please let me uh, kind of interject some of my words here. To be married to a spouse, fulfillment in marriage will only be found once both people are married to Christ. I didn't stutter. Marriage to Jesus illustrates, drives, manifests, and sustains true earthly marriages. Without Him, we are nothing. Without Him in our marriage, marriage is nothing more than two people working for a social experience. Don't expect it to work if it's not like that. Jesus said in Matthew 19, 4, At the beginning the Creator made them male and female. And He said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, so they no longer are two, but one. It's the first level of unity. He also said, Ephesians 5, 21, Apostle Paul writing, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Uh-oh. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. His body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Notice it says to the wives. It doesn't say to the husbands. Wives should. Mm-hmm. Do you get the difference? Yeah. And I, 
If I'm doing marriage counseling and I say, okay, this part's to the wife, shut up, God, don't say anything. But then I turn her right back around and say, okay, wives, it's your turn to be quiet. Don't say anything. Husbands, verse 25, love your wives. Okay, that's cool. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Oh my gosh. That's a lot of love, honey. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water with the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church. Without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. But holy and blameless. In other words, Jesus is coming back for a bride that doesn't have grease on her face. That doesn't have dirt in her hair. That just didn't come out of the septic tank. And hadn't had a bath in 10 years. He's coming by for a spot-free and glorious, a radiant church. That's what he wants. And if you'll let him, he'll make you part of that. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, people who've never hated their own bodies, but they feed and care for them just as Christ does the church. For we're members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. Always get back into the same stuff again. Huh. And be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. Paul's quoting Jesus. This is a profound mystery. But I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. The profound mystery is that marriage is a picture of Jesus and the church. Husband and wife. Guys, you have... You are a wife. You're a wife to Jesus. Okay. We're not going transgender here. Okay, we'll make clear. Yeah. Don't misunderstand what right. I'm saying. Yeah. But we're all married to him because we're one body, the body of Christ. That's the reason when we take communion, we point that out, that it says to respect the body. And that's here. It was on the cross, but now it's here. Third pillar, fidelity to place, and we'll be wrapping up here. This is what the backslid country of the United States needs. It needs repentance to fidelity. I'm not as creative as Pastor Kelly and hold up some fingers and put my face in front of it. One, I'm holding two, one for each eye. Okay? This is what the backslid country of the United States, a return to fidelity. Fidelity to God. Without there, there's nothing else. Fidelity to marriage. Fidelity to place. That will only come from the church of Jesus Christ. Places where you are. It's your work, it's, it's your school, it's your job, it's whatever, where you are. It's when you're at Walmart or wherever you go to buy your stuff, Dollar General or whatever, Farmer's Market. The church is made up of those who have given their lives in full trust to Jesus. Remember, fidelity means trust. We can trust in each other. 
Now, be careful, because with people, they're going to let you down sooner or later. Okay? So you trust them. But you can trust Jesus with everything. But you can't trust people without trusting Jesus. Because he shows you what trust is. Remember one of my one-liners? You will not get into the things of God until you get out of the things of yourself. Because everything hinges upon your relationship with the Lord. None of us know how long this earth, as we know it, is going to be here. I think we all agree that it could be any day. But at the same time, there's always hope. Great awakening, a revival, at least one in our country, or at least one in our state, or one in our city, or one with our church, where we have people trying to get into this place, and we have to go to the other auditorium to hear the word of truth and love. I know you love people as a group. And I know you'll continue hoping for a turnaround in our country and praying for that. If one person gets saved because of your prayers, because of a questioning a fidelity card, it's greater than a whole planet. It's that great. I want to give you an example here in closing. A three-minute video. The most liberal way out there, college in this state, what these girls representing that state in a game of baseball have put on from sea to shining sea. Amen. 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 Did you hear the guy at the last? He didn't know what he was saying. You got to keep your eye on the prize. That's biblical. The prize, the high calling of the Mark Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Joy. We're not happy. We're filled with what? Look where the back is. Filled with joy. I could get happy, but I'd rather be joyful. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. (laughs) I want to. I had the opportunity each year to do day camp at our school, and we take kids somewhere every day. And we, most of our kids do not come from our Christian school, they come from other places. So we get a nice variety. And some of them are quite interesting. Let's just say that. And we got one this year. Okay, started this week. Wonderful little young lady. Okay, and she's about eight years old. Okay, and I could tell that there was something a little different from her. She just, from anyone else. And she's just kind of free to be who I want to be. Oh, boy. Okay, and uh, we're heading back from the pool on Wednesday, and she shares with her little friends around her. She says, hey, do you want to conjure up some evil spirits? And I'm thinking, oh, 
Maybe that might be the reason why I'm kind of paying attention to her. <laughs> and I shared with her, you know, once I figured out that that's really what she said. And I said, oh, and, and said, we're, we're not going to go there. Okay. And, but I've been doing devotions every day with them because we're a Christian day camp. And she has been faithful to listen to the word as it's being ministered. And on Friday, she was the first to raise her hand to say, I need to have Jesus in my heart. <laughs> Jesus knows how to take care of those things. <laughs> I just present the word <laughs> and off we go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, it is good to live for Jesus. <laughs> In Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 12, it says, Will a man rob or defraud God? Yet you rob and defraud me. But you say, in what way do we rob or defraud you? You have withheld your tithes and offerings. That's why. You're cursed with the curse, for you are robbing me, even with this whole nation. Bring all the tithes. Everyone say all the tithes. The whole tenth of your income into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And prove me now by it, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer, the insects and the plagues, for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither shall your vine drop its fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts, and all nations shall call you happy and blessed, hallelujah, for you shall be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts, hallelujah. What a great way to see the power of tithing and offering, hallelujah. Give of your tithes, give of, your, uh, of everything that God has given to you, amen. Hallelujah. And we know how we uh, give here is just either by online or we text to give. Uh, we have the envelopes there in the back. And uh, we just love to give. Look at your neighbor and say, I love to give. I even had a young man who came on Friday. He was right there at the, at the pool having his snack. And, and I've been teaching the kids a little bit about, you know, maybe hearing God, okay, and, and following his voice. And he said, Mr. Hancock, I think the Lord's telling me that I need to give the rest of my nachos to that lady over there. So I corrected him a little bit on maybe not giving him the, the rest of your uh, nachos, but maybe give a whole new batch of nachos. <laughs> Or, or maybe, you know, just saying a wonderful thing that you think God's saying to her. Hallelujah. Because he's a really, he's a compassionate kid and he loves to give. And so, <laughs> and he did it. He went into the lady and, and shared with her. Okay. And he said, I think the Lord, if you hear, you know me, uh, the Lord wants you to know that, that he's not forgotten you. He said, he's going into sixth grade this year. Powerful man of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, uh, also, I want us to note some uh, announcements. Everyone say announcements. A root word of announcement is what? To announce. Proclaim. Say something. Okay? I'm a school teacher, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I do it. All of God on Wednesday nights. Okay? We've been uh, working through that for several weeks. We're going to continue with that. Snacks are at 645. Teachings at 7 o'clock. It's been an amazing time. Next uh, week is Father's Day. 
Fathers, hallelujah. So if you're a father, hallelujah, come. If you are not a father, bring a father. Bring three fathers, maybe bring 10 fathers, hallelujah, and their families, of course. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, uh, and then some birthdays. Uh, Mr. Bernard, would you stand, please? Yeah, yeah. Miss Celeste, would you stand, please? Is there anyone else who has a birthday in this month of June? We're going to sing my wonderful favorite song, you know, that's meant for kids such as uh, this young man right here, Max, you know, since they don't like the whole old-fashioned uh, happy birthday to you usually. You know, we'll do it the short version, okay? And it goes along these lines. This is your birthday song. It isn't very long. <laughs> we speak the blessing of the Lord over you guys that you'll have a mighty, mighty blessed next year and, and uh, that uh, God is going to be seen and known in your midst. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. If we miss your birthday, just remember, you know, just fill out a card that has your month and your day of when you were born. You don't have to put the year. We don't want to have you go that far. Okay. All right. Also, I've already got mine. Okay, I added a few because I think I'm going to do a few more. How many did we say we need to have, each one of us? About 15 apiece. Okay, I've got myself about 25. Okay, and I'm going to pass them out this week. Okay, and uh, what is fidelity? Oh, it's the name of a bank, Mr. Hancock. No, that's not where we're heading. Okay, although it's great to have a bank if your bank's that. Okay, what is fidelity? It's trust, okay? And so uh, we want to make sure, you know, that, that we pass those out, okay, and, and, and see what God does. Yeah, amen. Stand. Hallelujah. Did I miss anything, Brad? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands, lift our hearts, and, and uh, as we get ready to finish off today. Father, we thank you and bless you as we stretch, because it's been a long time, Father. Uh, but Father, we just thank you and praise you and honor you for the word that's been given. We thank you, Father. The worship time was marvelous. We thank you. We are energized. Hallelujah. And we are enthused because you're in the midst of our lives, and you've encouraged us, strengthened us, healed us, restored restored us and all the fullness of your character dwells within us and therefore we go out and we release hallelujah these truths hallelujah unto the rest of those around us through this week in Jesus mighty name and everyone said amen, amen. hallelujah go in the blessing of the Lord